Good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you here. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I have one announcement. Wonderful Wednesdays resume July the 16th. That's not this Wednesday, it's next Wednesday, with our wild, wonderful Wednesday to all you children. And then uh, there's a request been made. Will you join the children of our church who are collecting school supplies for Greer Community Ministries? The collection bins from Vacation Bible School are in the Family Life Center hallway. So if you'll help us with that project, the children will be very happy. Let us begin our worship.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Almighty God, make us loyal followers of our living Lord, that we may always hear His Word, follow His teachings, and live in His Spirit, and hasten the day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. To Your eternal glory. Amen. affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
may be seated and let the young minds come up, our young children, our children. Y'all know what I have in my mouth? Gum. Do you know that when I was a little girl, if I had gum in church, my mom would hold out her hand and I'd have to spit her in her hand. And then she would pinch my finger right here and say, no gum in church. And this morning before I came up here, I thought about that. I was like, Miss mm, Marsha's mama would not like me having this gum in church. So some of y'all I've had in Sunday school and recently we learned what came down and was on top of the um, disciples' heads. Do you remember? Was it the fire? And what was that representing that came down to them? Do you know? The Holy, the Holy Spirit. You're exactly right. And we talked about what does the Holy Spirit allow us to do? Hmm. Do you think the Holy Spirit guides us and helps us do good things, right? Mm -hmm. What's one of your favorite good things to do for somebody else? You like to give hugs. Sarah likes to give hugs. Noah, what's something you like to do for other people? I can pick Noah last. Well, we're building a house next to Noah's grandparents, and Noah likes to play with my little boy, and that's a nice thing that Noah likes to do. Does anybody else have something that they like to do for others? You were about to. Noah said he was about to say that, that he likes to play with Davis. Um, so do you think that it's by your power that you're able to do nice things for other people, or do you think it's by the Holy Spirit? By the Holy Spirit, right, Sarah? Okay, so here's something. I'm going to pass my pack of gum around. Okay, you all can grab a piece. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's cool. Their eyes are lighting up. You got one? Yeah, I think we should save it until your mom says it's okay. Because your mom might have a rule that you're not allowed to chew gum in big church like my mom did. Oh, got some head shaking going on up here. Okay, so... Now, Ms. Marsh is going to try to blow a bubble. Do you know what's going to fill up the bubble that I'm going to try to blow? Air. Hot air, right? All right, now, if my bubble gets too big, what's it going to do? Pop. All right? Uh, and it got all over my face? Let's see. This is grace under pressure, right? Oh, I did really fast. You watching? Okay, so my, my bubble filled up with hot air, right? And it popped and just, <coughs> we try to do another one? Okay. <coughs> I feel like I'm on a game show. You got a pace, Jeff? That's not a very good bubble. But anyway, so the point of the story is, if you blow bubbles. Bubble gun's better. Right? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, you know. 
have any of that. Davis likes this kind, so this is what we get. The point of my story is, when you do good things, I don't want you guys to blow up with hot air and thinking about how great you are and what a wonderful thing you did. I want you to remember to thank Jesus for giving you the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you to do kind and good things for other people. Because if you just blow up with hot air and think about how great you are, you're just gonna pop. Got it? Okay. All right, let's close our eyes. And we'll say a quick prayer. Dear God, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit and please help us to listen to the Holy Spirit's guidance and do kind things for other people in your name. Amen. Today's selected reading from the Old Testament book of Psalm, chapter 13, verses 1 through 6, David is praying for relief from despair. Hear now the words of Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. The word of God for the people of God.
Let us bow our head for prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O oh God, ruler of the universe, you have shown us your compassion and mercy as you rule over us. And hear us now as we come before you to sing our hymns of praise and thanksgiving to your holy name. By the example and words of your prophets from old, you have laid before us the way of justice and peace. You have demonstrated your grace as the way by which we are saved. And yet, despite the witness of your followers, we still struggle with the old ways. Good Lord, deliver us from this body of death and grant us your mercy. For all the world's wisdom, none can know you except by the leading of the Spirit. And fill us anew with your fresh wind that we might witness your wonder and might to the ends of the earth. O oh Lord, we know of people this day in our community of faith. We have named them in our prayer list. And we, we name the rest now in our hearts. Oh Lord, these people are weary and weak and heavy laden from the weight of illness that destroys the body, attacks the mind, and burdens the soul. And in their weariness, help them to answer the invitation of Jesus to come and receive His rest and His peace. Help us and them to accept your good and perfect will in this and all things. Hear us in the name of the Savior, who taught us to pray with these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We believe that giving is an act of worship. So let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward this time to receive our tithes and our offerings.
at this time of um, being away from school and work and taking vacation time, so forth and so on, I thought it might be interesting to know what the Lord said about resting. And I'm reading from Matthew the 11th chapter, beginning at verse 28. These are red letter words of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh Lord, how oftentimes we confuse uh, busyness and everything else. Uh, we confuse a trip uh, to a resort as time with you. And then when we come back and we say we need a vacation from our vacation, we realize that we truly did not receive the rest that we needed. Help us, Lord, to see that it's only with you that all our needs and wants are fulfilled. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Once there was a great revival, and people were coming from far and near to see Jesus and his disciples were so busy that they didn't even have time to eat much rest. And Jesus said to them, let's leave this place. I always found that fascinating. Instead of extending the revival, he says, we must leave now. And come on, disciples, you're going with me. We're going to come and go to a place by ourselves that's quiet and we're going to get some rest. You know, I think that we forget that Jesus considers that our health and our well-being is just as important as anything else in our life, if not more so. And Jesus was smart enough to realize that even he needed to take some time to rest and to reflect. In fact, when they left and went to this place of rest, it was there after a period of time and reflection that Jesus proclaimed, and who do the people say that I am? And it was from that that he resolutely turned and went to Jerusalem to face his fate and to deliver to us slavery from sin and death. Jesus knew that he had to have strength he had to have refreshment. He had to have peace in his soul. And if you want, my friends, peace and rest, peace of mind and rest, you have got to come to Jesus. That's the only place you're going to find it. And to do that, you've got to let something else go. You either have to learn to do without something, or you have to let something wait. And you certainly can't come to the very first thing that looks like a solution. Because I tell you, it will not be. The Bible tells us clearly that if we fix our eyes upon Jesus and put away those things that cause us 
to look elsewhere, we will live the abundant life. Jesus says, if you come to me, you will find rest. Now notice that Jesus does not put a limit on who can come. And that's a great word, I think, that needs to go out from the churches today, is there is no limit on Jesus' grace and rest. There is no condition. doesn't matter the burdens that you have. You can come to Jesus and find relief from those burdens and rest for your soul. Jesus said, I will give. He did not say, I might give, or I'll probably give, or I'll think about giving you what you need. Jesus could not have been more definite. Jesus says, I will give. I will give you rest. Now what Jesus is talking about is not a good night's sleep. As good as that is. Jesus is offering this refreshment of your spirit, your inner being, your soul. And peace of mind and strength for your body comes out of that inner refreshment of your spirit. The abundant life Jesus talked about so often cannot be found in the many of the solutions that we think are the answer. For example, it, the abundant life is not necessarily found in being young. It's not necessarily found in having or hoarding things. It's, it's not found in being popular. It's certainly not found in any sin that the devil might send our way. These things might seem alluring and refreshing for a time, but this is not the abundant life that Jesus is talking about when he says, come to me for rest. The prophet Isaiah declared, God will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are stayed on him. There is where you find the perfect rest. You know, Jesus also didn't say, I'll sell you some rest. Or we can just buy some rest. And oftentimes we're tricked into thinking that's the answer. We often think that if we can just get that place at the beach, if we could just get that new car, if we could just get that new suit of clothes, we could just have that special vacation. You know, the one that's all-inclusive and it's really cheap. You got a bargain on the internet looking for it. And then I'll really be happy. And what happens is you get it and you discover you're still the same old you. Now I know in... This might be taken wrong by some, but it's not meant that way. Some people knew what they wanted to do from the beginning almost of their life. And, they, and when they left high school and college, they went to seminary and went right into the ministry. Some of us wandered around a little bit. Friends, I wandered around for about 20 years. And during that 20 years, though, I did all these other solutions. When I left the ministry, I mean left the business world for the ministry 20 years ago, I had a six-figure salary. 
I was driving a Lincoln Town Car. I'll never forget driving up to the district office to see the district superintendent at that time, Mr. Reverend Pearson. And he saw me drive up, and when I come in, he said, he said, I don't believe you really understand what it means to follow your call into the ministry. And I said, why, why do you say that? He says, you won't be driving any more Lincoln Town cars after this. I can tell you that right now. He was right. But who cares now? You see, that does not matter. All those solutions... All those things that you think will give you rest, that will give you nourishment for your soul, that will refresh your spirit, all those things, you can get them all and you still don't have anything. God tells us that He will supply our needs, that God delights in doing good for His people if we will just come to Him. You know, the very first story in the Bible is Adam and Eve. Now, God did not place Adam and Eve in a desert and say, if you don't make me mad, I'll give you something better. He didn't say that. No, he put them in a garden where they had everything they needed and then some. You see, God has waiting for us what we need. But we have to come to get it. Now part of the secret is to begin to get our priorities and life in order. The best piece of advice anyone could have ever given me when I was young was, all this other stuff doesn't matter, but this is what matters. I wish I had more people say that outside of my mom or my grandmother. You know, if you want to be refreshed, you've got to spend the time. Instead, we want to pick a thousand and one other things to do rather than drop any of them to try and squeeze in Jesus somewhere. And today, because we're so connected, we can't ever really go on vacation. After about the fifth email on Monday, I was fuming. And Brenda was relaxing and enjoying the cool weather and the birds and the trees and reflecting on what a wonderful God that we have. And she said, you're fuming because you won't let it go. Now all you people who sent me emails know who you are. <laughs> Every one of them said the same thing. I hope you're enjoying your vacation, but <laughs> we got to ask you this question. You've got to let these things go if you're going to come to Jesus and relax and, and be refreshed and let Him take your burden and let Him give you His yoke. Now, you know, a yoke was something used to guide animals. Now, the thing is, that even though we don't, much of us, have any indication of what a yoke, probably most of us never seen a yoke, heard of a yoke, even knows what a yoke is when we read this in the Bible, but it was a way that they guided animals. And the thing is, folks, that you are guided through life, and you're either guided by Christ or you're guided by Satan. 
And Jesus says, come take my yoke. And lots of times, you know what we say back to him? Is we say, no, we don't want to take it if you want, us to have, if you want me to have it. Just, you know, come give it to me. You know, grab me, tie me down, and force it around my neck, and make me do your will, Lord. Because, you know. But see, the thing is, force service is Satan's method. That is not the Lord's. Satan believes in addicting you to something. And once he addicts you to something, you will be forced to follow him. Now Jesus, the way Jesus works is this. He's not going to force us to follow him. He's not going to force us to put his yoke on. He's not going to make us do right. He's not going to force us to take his rest. He will let us wander around in the desert for 40 years if that's what it takes for us to come to our senses. The only thing that will put on Jesus' yoke is love. The only thing that will keep it around your neck is love for Jesus Christ. And the only way to be glad that you have this yoke, this guidance, is to love Christ. And Jesus said it like this, If you love me, you'll listen to me. You'll obey my commandments. If you don't love me, you won't. You can either take my yoke or not. That's the way Jesus operates. And he says, if you take it, you'll learn something from it. You'll learn about me, and you'll learn that I'm gentle and humble. And where I guide you, where my yoke takes you, will bring you to that abundant life. And when we give Jesus that chance, we quickly discover that he will lighten our burdens, and we will find that rest for our spirit, for our souls. When we trust God enough to let go of all those things in our lives that distract us, we can see what He can really do for us. Now I know that a lot of people in this world today don't believe the words of Jesus. They usually act this way. They, they will say something like, that's a lot of things you're asking me to give up, Lord. There, or there's an awful lot of rules you want me to follow. When people think like this or talk like this, they're under a delusion that once you die, that's it. That this is all they see. This is all that there ever is. And because of that, they're like, oh, I want to go and do whatever it is I want to do. But to understand the message that the Lord is giving to the world is that you must view life from the perspective of eternity. And you must understand that maybe you have to accept something less in this life, something that's really not good for you, so that you may receive more in the next life. Or maybe you should look at Christ's burden and yoke from a different perspective. Let me put it this way. What law have we received from God that was not ultimately for our own good? The one and only rule in the Garden of Eden was ultimately for our own good and we disobeyed it. Think of an area of sin in your life and we all have one. 
and some of us more than others. Think of an area in your life you'd like to improve that you wish you could improve or you would wish that it didn't matter anymore. Okay? Would the world be a better place if God said, okay, that's no longer a sin. You go ahead and do it. It's not a sin anymore. I don't care. You go ahead and do it. For example, what if you were on the committee to scale back the Ten Commandments? You know, the Ten, that's an awful lot. That's maybe more than I can keep up with. So, you know, the Lord says, all right, Joseph, you can get some people going to get a committee together, and you scale back the Ten Commandments to five. Okay? Okay, Lord, I can do that. That sounds like a plan. Which one is going to make our lives better by getting rid of it? Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Who would praise God if He just said, these are okay to do? Just do them, they're okay now. I took them off. I half price sell. You get five instead of ten. You pick the five. Nobody. Everybody would think that God had lost his mind. You see, the yoke is there for a purpose, but it's an easy yoke. It's a yoke to guide you away from those things that will destroy you. And friend, the thing is that troubles do come. There's no doubt about that. Life is going to have its share of troubles. And the devil will attempt to enslave you with his yoke, and he will take and throw at you more than you'd ever think is possible to get you to turn to him as a solution. But I tell you, when the rains of life are pouring in on you, that's not the time to be searching for dry land. You need to already have searched and found that solid foundation before these rains of life begin. Because if you haven't, then chances are that at that point you will settle for the first thing that Satan sends your way. I'm having a hard time paying my bills. Well, just cheat on your taxes. My wife doesn't love me like I feel like I should be loved. To just find you a girlfriend. When the rains of life are pouring in on us, that's not the time to search for a solid foundation because chances are, at that point, you will settle for whatever the devil sends his way that's enticing and looks great and he you think would probably solve all your problems. It's better. It is better by far to have Jesus to walk with. It is so much better to have Him as your companion in life than to try to walk it alone. And the most important way to connect to the Lord is through worship. I know it seems odd and people have written about this for 2,000 years and yet it continues to affect people 
Because the Holy Spirit that Marcia talked about, that Holy Spirit, you can't see it, but you can feel it, and it's there, and it's working, and who knows why, but you get refreshed and connected to the Lord Jesus Christ by simply gathering in worship, in prayer, in song, and fellowship in the Lord, and being fed at the communion table. As John Wesley used to say, these are means of grace provided for us. They are food, manna for the journey that we're all on. And there's nothing else that I could ever offer you better than that. And that's why he often said, offer them Christ. Offer them Christ. Offer them Christ. Come to the Lord and let the Lord refresh your soul. Refresh your spirit. And give you His yoke. And learn that His yoke is light. And He will share your burdens. I offer this to encourage you and give you hope. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.